0: 6.45 here on what is turning out to be a very busy Wednesday. Here's my question. Why and how did these unelected medical officials get the power they've got to make such consequential decisions, and yet when they make mistakes, and they make a lot of them, they never get fired? And I think it's a question we should all be asking ourselves, because there's a great op-ed in the Toronto Sun today where uh, the writer talks about Ontario, which is governed by 34 separate health authorities – They are accountable to no one, nothing, anybody. And those who are supposed to be in control, like the elected officials, have lost control to these people who are obsessed only with COVID. They make sweeping, draconian decisions for all with really no expertise on everything or thought to the collateral damage that their one-size-fits-all approach is doing to our kids, uh, the education, uh, our economy, the social fabric connecting this country. And according to my next guest, they should resign by next Christmas. Irvin Student is his name. He's the president of the Institute for 21st Century Questions, editor-in-chief and publisher of Global Brief Magazine and chair of the Worldwide Commission to Educate All Kids. His the latest book out now is, quote, Canada Must Think for Itself, 10 Thesis for Our Country's Survival and Success This Century. Good to have you, Irvin.
1: Good evening, Alex. Thanks for having me.
0: You don't mince words in this article. You say, quote, Ontario's tragedy is that our medical officials of health are in truth accidental people in positions of accidental power, now supreme during the worst modern emergency in Canadian history, an emergency they've managed to turn to deep catastrophe in the span of a wrinkle in Canadian time.
1: That's right. They they are accidental people, and I mean it with the greatest respect. It's not their fault that they're in a position of accidental authority during this historic emergency, except that they're obviously not up for the job. And I think nobody's up for the job of managing the power that they wield across systems mm-hmm. so vast uh, that, that obviously uh, excel their, their authority. Way too, way too vast an area to cover just through the COVID lens or through the vaccine lens or through health authority alone.
0: Yeah, I mean, these are appointed positions, um, you don't have to be a doctor to get one. Um, and, and they're very highly paid positions in the $300,000, $340,000 range. So they're a very cushy gig. Um, it's not like the premier can fire them. Uh, I don't even think the mayor can fire them, but they do have major powers that override elected officials. And before the pandemic, Uh, I think their probably greatest challenge was making sure their lice checks were done and um, doing things like, uh, you know, meal preparation or or safety tips for for school, whatever. It wasn't dealing with pandemics. And, you know, they've got the power, but as you point out, they have no expertise in economics, no expertise in business, no expertise in children's health, welfare and education. And their decisions, as you know, Irvin, are having massive consequential uh, devastation to all of these areas.
1: That's that's exactly right. So uh, about a year and a half ago, we would have been hard-pressed to know who, who these people are. They do play an important role in uh, local public health, but these were usually pedestrian matters. Now uh, we realize through a little-known section in the Health Protection and Promotion Act in Ontario, they actually wield incredible independent power, so independent of the political authorities. They can close schools, they can close business, they can uh, advance vaccine mandates, they can do vaccine passports, independently of provincial guidance. In many cases, they've gone over and above. But uh, to your point, what what really got my attention early on in their power was when they began to close schools, uh, mm-hmm. one was wondering who was closing the schools and what expertise did they have to understand the vast systems they were closing. And it turned out the decisions were catastrophic for the kids, for our society. This continues, but it continues into the economy, continues social fabric, and they move on. They move on tweet to tweet with no correction, and in a democratic system, you need corrective mechanisms. But if no one knows who these people are and they're not inclined to respond to correction, then we have catastrophe, and that is where we are.
0: Yeah, I mean, uh, just uh, pointing to today's late headline where the uh, Medical Officer of Health uh, for the province has uh, reversed course uh, for businesses and, and uh, weddings, uh, banquet halls, large gathering groups. They, just yesterday, they said they were not going to change course on reopening. And now, of course, they are leaving businesses completely high and dry at a season <laughs> where they probably just bought all their supplies ready to open. Um, but as you hear Daily and have uh, just like me for the last 19 months, you got the mayors and the premiers all leaving the decision making to the experts. They call them the experts, but the only thing they care about is COVID. We're not even talking about other issues. It's 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 replaced everything.
1: That's all right. Um, In in my view, humbly, COVID is probably the tenth or fifteenth biggest problem in our province in our country now. It is in the headlines but it is far smaller than the other catastrophes that have resulted through the response and through the lack of correction. So education is mm-hmm. the biggest catastrophe. The economy is a, a total catastrophe. The social fabric, there's a general zombification. There's the, the energy, de- de-energization of, of of the country. There are institutional challenges. Try to get proper health care outside of COVID. Very, very difficult, and so on. And we keep doubling down on the COVID variable We're extremely vaccinated as a a population. We need to move to other systems. We need to have a much more balanced approach. And the problem with these medical health advisors is that they live online. They live for Mm -hmm. the COVID counts. And they're responding to that online discipline. And therefore, we'll be in an endless cycle unless we break that. So I call for their resignation. It is literal and metaphorical alike because they have Mm -hmm. to be reined in. They have to be more humble. In many cases, they do need to resign because we are talking to in in some cases, to, to uh, about things that approach policy crimes.
0: Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, I, in, in some cases, I would suggest that some ha, um, ha, can't t- are addicted to their new celebrity. Uh, they 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 get they're in a new role. Uh, they're getting attention they didn't get, and maybe they they like that. Um, but the other thing you talk about, and I think it's going to become a bigger conversation, um, is the fact that you know we're not even allowed to talk about it. But is this push? uh to rush shots and vaccines into kids uh you've got the medical officer of health in toronto calling for a a mandated vaccine for 12 and under to get these shots uh putting it in with mumps rubella measles all those things despite the fact um that there is no long term data uh, or even data to suggest that there is an essential need to to actually vaccinate kids under 12. Um, I mean, if, I've had pedi- infectious disease pediatricians on this saying, look, let's be cautious here. These are kids under 12. Um, you know, we've got to be right and not guess. But these medical officers of health would have a shot in their arm months ago.
1: That's right. I, I do mention that. I don't start with it because... We are, Alex, frankly, in a mania about vaccination. It's a mania that results in crazy decisions and crazy consequences, and we don't correct. So on the vaccination of children, where is our famous abundance of caution that we like to brag about in in the Canadian sense? We seem to be just rushing like it's an Apple product. There is no long-term data. The sample sizes are, are extremely small. There is ample evidence for older children of myocarditis, at least in boys. And what? So two, three, three points for the kids as such. The net benefit is zero to negative, and probably largely negative because they're not affected as such by COVID at all statistically. Secondly, the instrumental benefit. It's not obvious that if they they get vaccinated, we're going anywhere because we keep. We keep going back and forth. So what's what's the point? The third point is about the mania. I'm extremely concerned that a vast children's vaccination campaign will largely start to condition schooling on vaccination, sport on vaccination, restaurants on vaccination for kids. The same stuff we're doing with older people and, and teenagers, we're going to bring it down to the kids. And even though we start gently, it's going to be a manic, absurd result. So I'm against that, I'm for caution, and I'm for a broader view of our society. There are many other things going on, especially with the kids, than COVID.
0: Yeah, and to the anti-vaxxers thinking that I'm anti-vaxx, I am not, and so that is not the message here. It's the bottom line is, when we make these big decisions, let's make data-based decisions, because that's what we're told the experts are doing. Um, You're calling for the resignation. I don't think that's going to happen, but it is something that people should consider is who's making the decisions and who's given them that power. and that is
1: I do think that some of them should resign for sure. Some of the comments that have been made have been quite uh, frankly hostile to public policy and arrogant in an extremely provincial way. The chief medical health officer of york in York uh, region told children who were unable to access sport that they could find activity elsewhere that means they wanted them to become uh dog walkers or something in the, in, the, in their physical prime the zombification of education in toronto the betrayal of children by removing extracurriculars even after they're vaccinated is an affront to children it's an affront to what we understood to be a beautiful childhood in toronto in particular and, and ontario in general so they should resign If the Chief Medical Health Officer of Ontario is not extremely humble, that is 10 times more humble than today, and if he does not understand that there are many other things happening than COVID in education, in business, in the social fabric, he too should resign because he is not an expert in these areas in which he's insinuating himself.
0: Conversation that will continue, but I thank you so much for having it with me today, Arun.
1: Real pleasure. Thanks. Thanks.
0: Irvin Student is his name. The book is called Canada Must Think for Itself, Ten Theses for Our Country's Survival and Success This Century. I'm Alex Pearson here on Point. This is Global News Radio.